Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. This is Collateral Gaming. Welcome back, guys. Uh, yeah, appreciate you sticking around with us. We are kind of just circling back around to jump back into The Last of Us. You know, this conversation is something that we've been wanting to have for quite a while. And honestly, what we've dug into so far has kind of got me, you know, on the edge of my seat. This game is fantastic. But what we haven't really touched on is how this game feels to play. And, you know, jumping into the game, obviously, if you've played The Last of Us Part Two, you know exactly how it feels to control Ellie. In The Last of Us Part 1, you were Joel, protecting Ellie and uh, escorting her to the hospital so that they could use her for the cure. And honestly, <laughs> it feels just as good, if not better in some aspects, using Ellie, or playing yeah. as Ellie in this game, because she is a lot more agile. She is, um, she's very, very nifty and very, like, swift in everything that she does. So, I'm... I'm a fan of using Ellie a little bit more, actually. Yeah, she had that uh, a little playable segment in the original game, and then there was the Left Behind DLC where you played yep. as as Ellie. Um, I remember playing a little bit of that and, and using her Switchblade, and that comes back here. So um, Ellie plays... I mean, the gameplay is pretty similar to The Last of Us Part 1 as far as just, just general gameplay. I mean, it's a linear storyline, you are moving from one place to the other. You're not really going back um, unless a particular chapter has you backtracked through somewhere, which does happen. Yeah. Generally, either Ellie or Abby uh, at different points in the story are accompanied by different people like Dina or Jesse or Lev or Yara. So we do get some of that uh, gameplay that we had in like the very first game where Joel was accompanied by Tess or Ellie. And... You know, so you have that dynamic of the AI character who's actually generally pretty useful and shouts out, you know, like we said earlier, shouts out other enemies to you. So that's nice. We've still got, you know, the collection of weapons over time. We've got the survival aspect where, you know, there's limited resources available, especially, you know, particularly in the harder difficulties. You really have to manage your resources. Um, we touched on before how this game does encourage you more to play stealthily so you can conserve your resources. Uh, and I will say that I, I, I feel like this game is a little bit harder than the oh, first yeah. one. Oh, yeah, most definitely. The only, the, only thing, the only thing I would say that's relatively easier about this game, and it's only when you're playing as Ellie, is Ellie has her Switchblade. And right. so if you're, if you're careful enough, you can take out all of the infected via stealth. You can come up behind them and stab them in the throat. But once you get to the segments where you're playing as Abby, you have to go back to the way you did it in the first game, and you have to, uh, craft, you have shivs. to craft shivs, dude. And oh my gosh, I love that, but I also hate it because it it forces you to play stealthily, yes, but you have to play stealthily in more than just sneaking up behind them and stabbing them in the throat. It adds a level of skill but just pure skill if you can find different ways to get through certain areas and take oh, out like the hospital is abby oh my god that that was oh. pretty difficult <laughs> yeah 100 percent. oh my gosh that whole ascension and descension with lev that whole part where you're oh, trying to get yeah. to the hospital oh my gosh man there's just so much so many infected that you have to get through it's honestly that's one of the most aside from the island where the Seraphites are, right. that's one of the most well-designed and well-laid-out parts of the game. 
just because of the different levels, the different amounts of infected that are throughout the whole area. And the way you have to traverse is just absolutely brilliant. There's a lot of spots where you have to watch your balance. There's a lot of spore segments. The spore segments played a lot like they did in the last game, except when you're playing as Joel, you had to use gas mask. Ellie is invincible or immune, and Abby was not. So, right. You know, it's just it, it. It's really cool how much variety they had as far as the way the different characters felt when you played them. I personally felt like playing as Ellie, uh, you had to rely more on your gear, and Abby was a lot more brute strength. Yeah, because Abby punches jacked, the y'all. shit out of those zombies, <laughs> and it's actually satisfying as fuck when you beat them up with your own bare hands. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And can we talk for a second about Abby and Owen? And like, okay, so Abby's that jacked. scene. That scene that the scene that will not be named, but I mean, it will be. They totally had hate sex, and it was it was hilarious. Plus, I mean, Naughty Dog really doesn't hold back with that kind of stuff, you know. I, I was kind of like, okay, this is all right. Oh, oh, yeah. And Abby's such like a muscular character that it's it, it's really interesting. Oh, my um, god. <laughs> hey, I'm not awkward. saying I'm I wouldn't be attracted to a muscular woman, okay? I, I I think that there's a way, but you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna shut up here. <laughs> That's not bad. It was just unexpected. I was just like, oh, 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 she's yeah hotter than me and more jacked than I am. That's, that's great. <laughs> I, I mean, no, I'm... Abby is fucking awesome. Like, yeah, she's jacked. You know, and I I respect the hell out of that. You know, you're in a zombie apocalypse and and you're hell bent on revenge, and so you spent like the last like five years literally jacking yourself and getting fucking huge, huger than most of the guys. Like, that is cool. Respect, man. Pun intended here, because we're talking about the hate <laughs> sex. So if you spend that time getting jacked, then more power to you. <laughs> but no, that it was very interesting to me to see how they you know implemented that into the story because I knew. I knew at some point they were going to throw something like that in with Abby and Owen. But, um, no, I, I loved I loved playing as Abby. She's my favorite character the entire game. Can't even lie there. Her her parts in the game were a lot more satisfying and a lot more fun. Now, don't get me wrong. I love playing as Ellie. But playing as Abby, you are literally hell-bent on revenge. Both characters are hell-bent on revenge, but playing as right. Abby, it just feels more brutality and strength driven because you are just going to power through everything to get your hands on especially when abby finds out that owen or owen and um was it mel yeah owen mel owen and mel are dead because i mean ellie had to defend herself it's it's a complicated situation and then you get to the point where you have to fight ellie as abby and that was kind of hard for me to do because I like Ellie. (laughs) You know, like, and I'm sitting here playing as Abby, and I understand how she feels. I understand her frustration, but I don't want to hurt my, my, you know, I'm going to go back and say, I, I, Ellie is still, I think, my favorite character, but I, I definitely do feel, you know, and, and it was, and I was mad at her when she left, when she left the farm and went to Santa Barbara, you know, like, I was mad at Ellie, like, why are you throwing away your family like that, you know, but, Obviously, I guess, you know, we said this earlier, she needed to. But yeah, the gameplay as both girls was awesome. Uh, there's definitely perks to each. They both play differently. I like what you said about how Ellie, you know, more focuses on gear and they even have different gear. Yeah, no, I love crafting and working through skill trees that are different from each character, like similar in some aspects, but each character is very unique. Like Abby's was more focused on like, strength and accuracy while um while ellie's was focused on precision and uh stealth and i i love that you know because abby can be more forward you know she she's just she's a brute like she's extremely ripped and ellie's just like this this you know slender girl that can just fuck shit up you know it's (laughs) ellie throws molotov cocktails but abby makes pike Pike bombs. Yes. (laughs) And I think Abby could craft ammunition as well, which was something that Ellie couldn't do besides arrows. Incendiary shells, baby. Oh, I love the incendiary shells. The incendiary shells were cool as fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Abby obviously could craft shivs, um, whereas Ellie did not need to. Uh, Both of them could craft silencers. Was that something new to this game? Could you craft silencers in the first game? I can't remember. Yes, you could, but you okay. couldn't upgrade them to where they could have five shots. The max was always three. 
Okay. Um, I'm really glad that they implemented that because arch actually, that's the first thing I've craft. Unless yeah, I generally. need like med med packs or something well, like that. I no, love for me silencers. it's usually first aid kits because I go through them really quickly. <laughs> first aid kits are usually first, and then well, that's, sil- silencers. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's that's what I was uh, generalizing. I was just if I have the first aid kits, the next thing I craft is silencers, just because I, I okay. So I pride myself in my ability to play games like this. I love stealth and I love mastering each and every scene. Yeah. Which is why sometimes if you, I do something incorrectly, you would if I do pause and retry and do it stealthily. Exactly. Same yes. here, brother. <laughs> and I would try and I would try to do it with using the least amount of gear possible. Yeah. Uh, it's like there's uh, one part at the very end of the game where Ellie goes back to Santa Barbara and she inter- encounters this group called the Rattlers. Which, by the way, shout out to Logic because he's in this game and he okay is he yeah you know um the very end of the game where she gets caught in that trap and then she swings into the tree and gets stabbed into the side and those two guys come up he's like whoa we got a live one and the other guy's like damn this bitch is fucked up that's logic oh (laughs) shit i didn't even realize that's crazy yeah that's that's crazy it blew my mind and i was watching it with my friend avery yesterday and he saw that he's like wait is that i was like Yes, it is. <laughs> it's really awesome. And I had to look it up just to confirm it, but that's him. He's there. The Rattler scene is cool because I, I got through almost all of it stealth. Like, I got into the house on stealth. There's a certain point right at the end, though, that where I think that stealth just is impossible. Like, there was absolutely no way. Every time I replayed that last segment right before you go through the door and you release the prisoners... Um, I just always ended up alerting people. And so eventually I just was like, fuck it. And I, and I, and then eventually I found out I could just run through and kind of ignore them. And I think I did do that. And I think maybe that's what you are supposed to do. Cause you just get so overwhelmed. <laughs> they, they did a really good job with this game as far as maintaining stealth, but they also made it more difficult. You know, they made it more realistic. If you were smart about what you were doing with your gameplay and how, you were moving, traversing. Enemies could spot you a lot easier. They could actually use auditory senses to locate where you're at. It's like, I think it's over here! Or something like that, you know? Enemies were a lot more responsive to your movements and what you were doing as opposed to the previous game, where they kind of, you know, in the first game, they kind of resemble, you know, just dumb henchmen everywhere <laughs> that weren't paying attention. They were just like on a dollar, on a dime. Yeah, the Seraphites, dude, like having to, uh, they have their own like whistling system and trying to decipher what those whistles mean. (laughs) Yeah, usually if somebody fires a shot or if you fire a shot, you're just going to hear. Yeah. And it's just, ah, dude, that's terrifying. It is so terrifying. The first time you encounter them and when you're playing as Abby and you have to go back to try to find Lev's mother. But you're going with Yara because Lev took off on a boat. Lev just kind of dips and he heads for the island. That that yeah. whole sequence was terrifying. One, it was really difficult getting onto the island. And once you get to uh, once you once you get to their tent, and you realize that um, Lev had to defend himself against his mother. It's just oh, it's heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. It was very heartbreaking. Like there are so many points in this game where it just made me cry. You know, I I had to take a moment and pause it, and I had to like put my hands on the chair, and I just had to take a deep breath. And I was just like, yeah, oh, this wow. game do be like that. And even whenever you beat it, you're kind of just there's just kind of this sense of oh, like you're kind of sitting there watching the credits, and you're like, okay, like I just went through that, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. if this was not a game. This is not a game for the faint of heart. No, if you're going in this just to like have fun. Now, granted, of course. Video games are supposed to be fun. Video games are supposed to be a way to like escape reality. But there are also video games that make you think deeper yes. about your life. And this game makes you think about what you're doing with the people around you. Well, and the choices that you make affect those around you. Yeah. Such as Ellie choosing to go to Santa Barbara, losing her family. Abby choosing to go through with the fact that she knows that Joel killed her father, possibly preventing any chance of a cure and so she murders him brutally in front of ellie which causes this whole game to spiral out of control and yeah. so it's it's kind of a lesson in the butterfly effect you know like what what whatever you do it has consequences and seeing it from both perspectives is just incredible oh man I'm so, you look like you got something you're you got on the edge of your tongue 
Yeah, I guess I was going to say what's interesting about The Last of Us and its sequel is that the games, um, they focus on telling a story. And that seems to be the primary component here. And obviously we have a lot of games where making a game is, is kind of the focus. Usually it, the focus is more on something that's fun for people to play. You know, play take Zelda, for instance. Zelda has mm-hmm. always prioritized gameplay over story. The Last of Us, in a strange move for a video game, almost prioritizes story over gameplay. And that's not to say that the gameplay is lacking at all. But it's just to say that the gameplay is built around the story, and it's very compelling. I mean, it feels like you are playing a movie. And that's something yeah. we said in our first review, you know, is this is a movie-quality story. And that's something that's relatively new in the gaming industry, right? So, I, and I like that not only are they telling a movie-quality story, but they're telling a hard story. I mean, it, it makes sense that the Last of Us uh, series that they're developing is going to be on HBO. This is a very, you know, gritty, dark, adult tale. It's mature. And it's like we said before, the game is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. So I really got to hand it to Naughty Dog. And I, I guess that's why this game gets so much criticism. You know, because we hear criticism like, for instance, Mass Effect 3. People didn't like that game because of the story. And I'm kind of like, well, there's more going on there than just a story. You're going to hate a whole game just because of an ending, right? But The Last of Us, it makes kind of sense because that's what they're doing is crafting a story. And so people that don't like the story are, well, they're going to hate the game. (laughs) So I I understand why. I just, I don't understand. The criticisms, again, like we said before, don't make sense to me. I feel like I haven't, I've not yet to hear an actual good argument for someone who says that the story was was written badly. Exactly. Like, my first thought is, hey, write a better one yourself. Because this one perfectly ties into the end of the first game. The end of this game leaves you with the same peaceful sense of dread. That's the best way I can describe it, because you're safe, you're alive, the game's over, and you made it home, but what did it cost? Yeah, like Joel, Joel risked, Joel essentially gave his life for Ellie's. He went in there and saved, saved, he went in there and saved Ellie, eventually giving up his own life for it because Abby would one day come back and take his. Because it's just, it's, oh my God. Dude, I'm still stuck on, we've talked about this a little bit in the last part of this, but just Tommy, Tommy is a sniping god. Like, yes. <laughs> that, that joke was so crazy when I, when you're running through the uh, I guess it's like a mall or like a, a store area and you're running through the door and Manny's talking to you and then all of a sudden his head just gets blown out. Yes, bro. I I was just oh oh it scared me. Like I jumped out of my seat and I had to pause and I was like, no. Well, it's the same thing that dude. happened to Jesse earlier on. You know, mm-hmm. just Except- characters that are just unceremoniously killed off right there in front of you you know and there's it just happens and you move mm-hmm. on <laughs> yeah honestly jesse's was not nearly as gruesome as uh manny's though manny's like you saw his head get blown out and jesse just got shot because manny got shot from the back of the head yeah and jesse got shot in the forehead and so we didn't see what was going on in the back we just saw him die True. and ellie's just jesse <laughs> do, do you like that <laughs> moment when uh, ellie hunts down nora that was oh, crazy. Dude. She was brutal. Like she did not give a fuck. She was like, and I guess she got the information out of her somehow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, when you're beating somebody senseless with a metal pipe as they're choking to death on spores, there's really not much you can do except, you know, kind of feed that information for a quicker death. Um, that moment was just crazy because Nora was looking up at Ellie, like wheezing. And she's like, wait a minute, you're breathing spores. You're her. I was just, yeah, I'm her. I'm standing there with a pipe. I'm like, yes, I am. You ready to die? (laughs) You realize in that moment what lengths Ellie was willing to go through to get her revenge, you know? And you see her kind of, you see her get consumed by it. And at first, Dina's supportive and is like, yeah, like if I I was, if if that happened to me, I would be in the exact same position as you. I would want revenge. And then throughout the story, you see where Ellie starts to prioritize that above everything else, you know, leaving Dina there by herself and going after Abby instead of rescuing Tommy. And so, and then, you know, finally by the end, you know, leaving 
her family behind, leaving Dina and JJ and their life behind, knowing full well that they may not be there when she gets back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the choices we make, the sacrifices. Right. Okay. I do want to like do a little quick shout out for a very special thing in this game that really just captured my heart. And I think you might know what I'm talking about because I'm a huge music nerd. Okay. And so I really liked where they were holed up for most of the game. The theater was a really, really awesome location. Yeah. And the first time you go into the theater, Ellie walks to the back of the stage and she finds a guitar. Um, and Ellie plays guitar because Joel taught her. And there was a, there's a very, very, very special scene that I hold very dear in my heart where she literally performs all of Take On Me yeah. in front of Dina. And that, that scene's so beautiful. I think that was before but, the theater, but I, I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, it was before the theater, but the reason I am talking about the theater is because you can literally go in there and pick up the guitar and use the pad on the PlayStation 4 controller to strum the different chords on the guitar. Oh, yeah. And you can literally sit there for hours and just play the guitar practicing i've seen some compilations called. and things i've seen like make videos really, on youtube i really need to dig cool songs are they uh are they like people are they're actually playing songs yeah I, I i've seen people like take take uh like songs and play them on the guitar in the last of us kind of like how people would would do that with the ocarina and ocarina of time <laughs> oh dude you know i actually had an ocarina of time for a uh. long time like, I actually went on Amazon and I bought a legitimate Ocarina of Time that was, like, made of glass and everything. Oh, badass, dude. I, I've had yeah. a couple Ocarinas, but I never had an actual, like, sweet potato Ocarina. I always had, like, yeah. the little small, like, four-hole ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Uh... Sorry, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, now I guess I can kind of ask you some questions here, Ash. They're kind of okay. popping in my head. If you had to choose one specific infected encounter throughout the game, what would it be and why? Infected encounter? Uh, I would say the Rat King segment was really cool. Just seeing this like gargantuan thing. You know, <laughs> I can't lie, man. Uh, yes, that part was hard. I actually died several times going through that, and it was it was rough. You know that that fight was difficult because I think I was on the difficulty right below grounded. Okay. Well, it was it was like Survivor or something like that. I stayed but, on um, the the regular, like the normal medium difficult. <laughs> dude, I allowed my second my heart, playthrough. Yeah, I allowed my heart to be brutalized by that game and i loved every second of it but i can't even lie man i for anyone who's seen world war z um you guys know the zombies in that movie are crazy and they run and they're basically like rabid humans in that movie it's, it's kind of wild yeah but um dude the beginning of this game yeah i know what you're with, with abby oh my god this is when she meets joel for the first time she like runs into a horde yeah that was on insane. A that was in. That was so hard. Like she is sprinting for her life while all of these infected are just chasing her. It was, dude. I was legitimately scared for my life playing this video, this part of this video game, and I was just. <laughs> I, I died a couple of times just because I didn't know where to go. They made it really difficult for you to find out, and so if you did it successfully on the first try, I applaud you because I did not. I think I and died like once. There's one part where you're crawling through the fence right before Joel takes your hand and pulls you out um, where you're at first, you're just crawling. You're just walking through the fence. you kind of like fit yourself in between the fence and then the walkers or the infected start pushing up on the fence and you have to get lower and lower and lower until you're on the ground crawling prone. And just when you think they're about to get you, cause they're literally right there. Joel pulls them out and start, Joel pulls you out, saves your life, saves your life and starts killing infected. And then, for Abby to turn around. That in that moment when Abby killed Joel, I was he saved your life. Like yeah. I get it. He killed your dad, but he killed your dad saving Ellie. He didn't kill your dad. Okay, maybe I am more pro Ellie. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I just I fell in love with the characters in the first game, you know, and despite all his flaws, you know, I love Joel as a person. And I love the relationship that he has with Ellie. And I love Ellie mm -hmm. as a person. She's just so full of spunk. And so seeing your beloved characters have to go through 
you know, I think at first you kind of are supposed to hate Abby because you realize, yeah. you know, and and the game I don't doesn't tell you right away that she, um, that her that her dad was killed, but I think it leaves that ambiguous for at least a good half of it. Um, no, you literally you literally don't really know much of what's going on or why she's doing this. I, I happen to have known because I heard a few things about this game prior to it coming out. I already knew about Jill's death, and I already knew who Abby was and why she killed him. So that was kind of spoiled for me. And But I tried to approach the story from a new perspective of, you know, understanding these events and and like you even though i knew why it happened i was like yeah he saved your life obviously this is a good person but when they went back and they gave you more context and they showed the kind of person that her dad was and not only that but understanding that she was fully aware of why joel did what he did you know yeah then i i i understood a little bit better yeah i can agree with that and honestly jerry was a cool dude like I really, I I like the section, the segment where you're walking through, uh, the wilderness with your dad, and you come up across this zebra, a zebra, zebra yeah. that is literally caught in barbed wire, and you have to like cut it loose, and it just shows you how warm-hearted and kind this man was, and so I can understand Abby's anger, I can understand her desire for revenge, but man, she really brutalized the hell out of it. A golf club. And slow torture after shooting the man in the knee with a shotgun. It was just that whole scene was rough, man. I was I, I was in tears, man. I yeah, me I too. Don't, I don't cry. I don't cry much for video games. I've cried at the sheer beauty of God of War. Um, May's death in the amazing or in Spider-Man PS4. I wept like a baby. And this part, honestly, this game made me cry several times though, just because of the level of depth that they went to in this game like mel died before she got the chance to have her baby and owen owen's death was really sad because of the connection that you see between her and between him and abby right gosh dude Ah. (laughs) i know kind of sad just thinking about it man Ah. it is it is sad It, it really it really tugs on your heartstrings quite a bit i think the game did an excellent job demonstrating multiple perspectives to you. Neil Druckmann is a genius. Absolutely. I could not agree. Team at Naughty Dog really poured their hearts into this. Yeah, and for yes, man, I'm telling you, this this game is a masterpiece. I really I don't care what anybody says as far as them not liking the story. If you don't like the story, you just don't get it. I'm sorry. You don't get the overall preface of this game and what they're trying to do. It's not supposed to be this happy ending. This Oh, yeah, it's perfect, yeah, because no, nothing is going to be wonderful in a post-apocalyptic situation. Nothing, well, apocalyptic, because I don't think they're post-anything. Everybody's still suffering. And right. Everybody, everybody's still dying and becoming infected, but there's really no way for there to be a happy ending on this, because at the end of the day, people are still dying. People are still infected. Civilization, as we know it, is gone it's done now granted there are places like jackson that are thriving and flourishing and just alive and they work together and they have good times but it's still behind walls you know they can't go out and enjoy the beauty that is this world because it's been tainted (laughs) taint by um (laughs) sorry (laughs) it's been it's been tainted by the infected and that's not something they're ever going to be able to really get through because there are billions of people in this world. And I guarantee you at least like one or two billion of those people got infected. And there are stages. Also, I really like how they expanded upon the different stages of infection in this game. Like when yeah. you're when There's you're in a... Seattle. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. When you're in Seattle uh, work looking for gas for the generators, you find a piece of paper in one of those little outposts that like shows a doctor's perspective on the different stages of the infected. And I sat there reading all of that stuff. I was genuinely curious. I was like, this is really cool. Holy crap. This is also very disturbing. If I see one of these, I'm going to cry because I'm going to have to kill it. Yeah. There's, there's some evidence. I think that they were saying that the, um, that the stage one of infected, the runners do have some semblance of their humanity left and are just not in control of their actions, but like they may be to some extent aware. And that's heartbreaking. If you really think about it, 
Because they're like, they're like a rabid animal that can't control their impulses, but they have to watch it all happen from behind their eyes. Can you imagine like having to kill your own family and still being aware of that? But you can't control it, dude. No, I would. I wouldn't know what I would do, you know, because I'm literally the last pieces of me that are existing are deteriorating and I'm watching my life fall apart because of me, you know, but I can't do anything about it because I'm trapped inside of myself. It's a, it's a very, very deep thoughts with Ashley Chancellor. Thanks. Gosh, <laughs> now, now, now I'm just kind of, you know, in it. Wow. I know you wish things were different. I wish things were different. Ellie! But they ain't. Please stop! I'm leaving tomorrow. To do this smart, we'd be leaving Jackson vulnerable. So they just get to get away with this? How'd you find us? You can't stop this. I want what you want. Have killed you. Maybe you should have. I love all the uh, the lore in this game. Like the first game, there are a lot of collectibles and documents to gather, and so mm -hmm. you can really, like you said, you can look in the past and see uh, relics of a pre-infected world or or of the world right at the onslaught of it or onset of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really like how Abby collects coins. Abby that, collects that coins. Was one of, yeah. That was one of my favorite parts was, you know, looking for coins as Abby. I think I found all but two. And when I start, uh, I was going to actually start another playthrough here soon. Cause I, I missed that game. I enjoyed it. And it was, it was intense. Like it was beautifully made. The graphics are incredible. God. They look Especially, really, really nice on the PS4, and it, they are nearly photorealistic. I mean, it is insane. And I thought yeah, the man. first game looked good, and that was on PS3. <laughs> you know what's crazy? The PS5 is definitely going to have The Last of Us Part 3, because you know they're going to make a third installment. Right. They've got to. There are so many openings that could be created. Like, we know that Abby and Lev made it to the uh, where did they? Where were they going for the Firefly Outpost? They're going to uh, to Catalina Island. Catalina, yeah, and you know that once you beat the game, the suns the sunrise over the the coast, it kind of gives you like a sense that they made it, you know, instead of the rain and the boat and just the sadness. The the opening scene once you beat the game, uh, on the start menu. It's just this beautiful sunrise on an island, and it just kind of gives you the sense of hope that they made it to the island. Because Abby was messed up at the end of that game, man. Yeah, she was. She was quite a bit weaker. She was literally in her weakest state. Mm -hmm. And still, still that fight was amazing. So like, like she was forced to fight. How big oh. and like jacked that she got? 
was all erased. Like she was uh, reduced to uh, an average, like not even average, like a frail, weak person. Mm -hmm. And that was sad. It was. And that, that, I think that's uh, another reason why a lot of people hated the ending because one, a lot of people probably wanted to see Abby killed for what she did just because they loved Joel or two, they wanted to see Abby persevere. And Abby was, Abby was like this very, very strong representation for women. And that was kind of taken away from her at the very end of the game. They had her tied up on a stake, bleeding, dying. They cut her hair. That, that broke my heart. dude. Her hair was gorgeous. Yeah. I loved her hair and they just completely tore it out and cut it. And, but still she gave Ellie the fight of her life and bit off fingers too. <laughs> that was gruesome. Man. And Ellie oh. can't play guitar anymore now. Crazy, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. That's why she leaves it behind. I mean, God, this game just grips you in so many ways. And mm-hmm. for for people to have gone through that experience and be like, yeah, I just I just did it really bewildering to me because whether you like the events that happen or not, you're not supposed to like them. You're pulled and several directions emotionally that's mm-hmm. an that's effective if a story really got you to do that then it, it it succeeded yeah if you felt angry about joel's death it succeeded if you felt uncomfortable playing as joel's killer it succeeded if you felt confused at the end not sure who you wanted to to win or you know you kind of empathize with both of them and just wanted them to come to some sort of conclusion that where they both felt satisfied it succeeded <laughs> yeah and honestly i think that's what they're going to do with the third game i think at some point these two are going to meet up again and it's going to create an even more epic climax to the end of the fireflies or the start of something the start of something new high school musical just i was just thinking about that right before <laughs> you said that the start of something new <laughs> Oh, it feels so right to be here with you. You know what's funny? I watched those three movies with my wife recently. I never had really watched them growing up when whenever they were popular and everyone else had watched them. So I watched them with my wife, and I actually didn't think the movies were bad. I kind of enjoyed them. I, I mean, I watched the first one with her because it was a part of her childhood. And I was oh, like, dude, High School Musical is awesome. Do, do you want to watch the second one? And she was like, okay. I was like, let's let's just watch the third one and cap it off. Okay, <laughs> we just you watched hear all of them. <laughs> you want to hear something crazy? Huh? I've never seen High School Musical three senior year. Oh, you haven't? I've seen the first two literally countless times. They are amazing, but I've never seen the third one. I think the first one is is the best, but uh, the production value I think really shot up with the third one. Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. The second one was my favorite. Yeah. Probably just because it, it took place on a country club, and it was awesome. And for the longest time, I loved Bet on It. Zac Efron's like angry solo on yeah. the golf course. I'm not gonna stop that. Who after that? Who I am? I it's kind of an empowering English. moment, yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, those those movies are great. I just love <laughs> that little. You want to jump on this here segue with me? We can kind of go back. <laughs> we just totally went on a. A high school musical segue. I love it. Oh man, I love it. That's yeah, what, so that's the, what so we're the about. Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> the Last of Us. All right. Well, what about let's say like the development history? I mean, we know the game was developed by Naughty Dog, uh, masters of their craft. Genius. The genius is behind the Uncharted series, which is still a development. I mean, still ongoing. And Neil Druckmann was behind that, or at least Uncharted Four. And also the Crash Bandicoot series. So they've really mm-hmm. tried a lot of different things. Do you see any similarities? I, I Okay, so as far as similarities between Uncharted and um, The Last of Us, aside from the camera and the way playing the, cam- the character feels, honestly, they're two completely different series. They are. It's, it's it's amazing how how versatile Naughty Dog is with their ability to create such beautiful content. You know, I I never really got into the um, Uncharted series, but I loved Nathan Drake as a character. I thought that Fun. he was brilliant. He he's kind of like a very very quippy young Indiana Jones almost. 
and I really, I, I like that. Um, Crash Bandicoot, I played all the time as a kid. Literally nothing like these games at all. At you're all. Just, <laughs> I guess you're a little Bandicoot. If those, do these, do those even exist? Are there Bandicoots in the world? Do they I, exist, or is that? I, I, I think so. Let's, let's I'll have go. to look it up. I would Bandicoot. say on uh, on the Uncharted front, both games are Bandicoots do in fact exist. There you go. <laughs> Bandicoots are a group of more than twenty species of small to medium sized terrestrial marsupial omnivores in the or <laughs> <laughs> Paramelomorphia. So it's not an actual it's not an actual creature, it's a marsupial endemic. So it's basically a group of a bunch of different marsupials. That makes sense. That, but that's awesome. So you're just like an amalgamation of all these different little weasels and things. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the uh, the little Easter eggs? I think both there's two PS3 consoles in this game. One in Ellie's apartment, which I didn't notice the first time, and one yep. in the area uh, that Eugene makes his home. And they both have the same games, actually. I think <laughs> Uncharted. Oh yeah, okay. Un- un- it was like it was Uncharted two. An Uncharted one I, I saw on there, and I and I think a Crash Bandicoot came right. Yeah, I tried tinkering around with the PS3 in Eugene's place, but I couldn't do anything with it. That would have been really cool if you were able to turn it on. I did zoom in with the photo mode, and you know, looked at Ellie's collection. I remember. Let's see, Man. I sent it to you. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a you sent it to me. I did. I, I said, oh, I sent you a photo of actually no, I sent you a photo looking at it now of an anime that was in ellie's collection that looks just like bleach it's called brave limit and i swear the character looks the character in the front looks just like ichigo he's got the orange spiky hair and he's got the uh shihakusho or whatever it's called the shinigami robes <laughs> i i really like when they go into detail with this kind of stuff in games like this because honestly playing those parts made me wish i could you know explore all of it and read it what if what if Naughty Dog like went the extra mile and made it to where you could like, from The Last of Us Two, go into Ellie's PS3 and play The Last of Us One? That'd be wild. Well, in Uncharted Four, you could play Crash Bandicoot. So, wait, really? Yeah, at the very end of Uncharted Four, when you play as spoiler warning, Nathan Drake's daughter, Cassie, I think her name is, and that's interesting because that's the name of uh, Johnny Cage's daughter too. Anyway, when she you can play in, in her room. She plays uh, Crash Bandicoot. Dude, that's amazing. Oh, my God. speaking of Nathan Drake, there's an Uncharted movie coming out. Yes, with Tom Holland, and I am uh, stoked. I uh, it's gonna be cool. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I I feel like I would have been happier if they did Nathan Fillion because he is perfect for yes. the role. But yes, 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 Daddy likes. I think I that like they're it. not. <laughs> Daddy, have you seen that fan, that little fan uh, film that he did? No, I have not. Nathan Nathan Fillion has played Nathan Drake, and he's expressed support like he wanted to do it. And they did. There's a whole YouTube video, and it's a fan film of him, and he he actually does it perfectly. But what I'm gonna say is that I understand why they didn't they didn't do that because he's a perfect like Uncharted Four age Nathan Drake. He's a perfect older Drake. What they're going for is actually a prequel that exists in the same universe, right? So, and uh, as soon as they said it was gonna, they were st- uh, they were casting Tom Holland. I knew that that's what they were going for. They're going for something that's in between the Uncharted three flashback and Uncharted one, and it's a young Nathan Drake. And so, like the Assassin's Creed movie, it 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 just simply takes place in the same universe. Yeah, and that it's not an adaptation. So I actually like that. I think that that's a better route to go. And I I think I heard that the Last of Us series that they're doing is this is, is going to be the same. Is, they're going to do the same thing. But like I, I could be go wrong with a younger Joel, and like, how, I I when is that coming out? Because I can't wait to check that out. Do do do. Yeah, let me see. <laughs> It's a, coming out on HBO. It says 2021, and uh, Neil Druckmann is involved. I think. Yeah. Oh man, that means it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's actually saying it. It could be an adaptation of the first game. Joel and Ellie, a pair connected through the harshness of the world they live in, 
are forced to endure brutal circumstances and ruthless killers on a trek across post-pandemic America. That sounds like the plot of the first game, but it could also totally be an in-between the first game and the second game. Okay, I will say this now. Since we are talking about this on the podcast, Ash, they need to stay away from a Walking Dead vibe. Yes. I know it's going to be a lot more... I know it's going to be a lot different because if they do it like the actual game, think about it. I mean, come on. The infected do not need to be slow. They don't need to be... I mean, yes, the infected are ugly, like, obviously. But they need to... Okay, all right. I know. I saw your face. <laughs> let me let me explain this a little bit. Because um, you looked kind of confused when I said that. Um, <laughs> obviously, the infected are going to be, like, dead looking they're going to be grotesque but the way they do it in the walking dead almost seems like very 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 makeup heavy yeah and in in the last of us it looks very real now i get it this is naughty dog's interpretation of what a post-apocalyptic infected person would look like but they need to stay true to that and they need to keep it they need to show all of the different variants of these infected in the in the show they need to they need to go tit for tat with the game because if they don't a lot of people are going to be unhappy you know they need to make clear and direct references to the game there needs to be little easter eggs that you can spot that um stay true to the game they need to have casting and characters that and resemble troy baker and hugh, you know, hugh jackman needs to be needs to be joel I'm just putting yes! it out there. It needs to be Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and honestly, you know, if they were doing this a few years ago, if they were doing this a few years ago, Elliot Page would have been perfect to yeah. play Ellie in this. Like, oh my gosh, man. Oh. Dude, Hugh Jackman as Joel. That Oh, yes. dude. Yes. That gave me tingles, dude. That gave me tingles. Oh. Isn't that perfect? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my gosh, that would be perfect. But uh, he's Australian, Mike. Uh, evidently, yeah, Neil Druckmann is involved, so we know that they're gonna they're gonna replicate the feel of the game and and they're gonna make sure that it maintains continuity with that and or or maintains the the same feels right. The, the same. It's gonna feel the same. It's gonna be the same universe. But also involved in it is Craig Mazin, who was behind the HBO series Chernobyl. He's involved Beautiful in this. Beautiful series. Um, Beautiful series. Let's see. The uh, Gustavo Santolala, Santolala <laughs> w- would be returning to write the music. So somebody who is the, the person who was writing the music for the games already. I know y'all can't see my face, but my jaw dropped right there. Because I am a huge music nerd. And as I said at the beginning of part one of this podcast, the music is incredible. That yes. opening guitar... Dude, I, I was hooked from the very start of this game. Like It was beautiful. And if they're bringing back the same guy that did the music, I am going to be one happy little camper. The music is good. It's really, really yes, good. Yes, it is. It's so um, good. Also, apparently there was a film adaptation planned. It had just been in development hell for six years, and so that's why they're doing a series now. And I feel like a series will do it justice. We're entering a new world where we're finding out with with shows like Game of Thrones that you can have. <sighs> I know, but but take a step <laughs> back, and and regardless of how you feel about the way that it ended, they did a hell of a job with creating a series that felt movie quality. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for yeah, see, show, seeing TV shows now. That are movie quality, and that's yeah, new. like The Witcher. Like The Witcher, like the, that's a oh. good video game adaptation, or so I've heard. Yes. I haven't actually seen it yet. Oh, brother, you gotta watch it, dude. Oh, Henry Cavill <laughs> is oh, I know. amazing. He's good. Oh my gosh, that dude. Oh yeah, you need to watch it. I'm I'm having a, a nerd. Hen- Henry Cavill right can kind of redeem himself since you know Batman versus Superman and the entire DCEU sucked. Okay, I will say this. Yes, you are right. But Man of Steel was awesome. I actually I liked Man of movie. Steel, and I like Henry Cavill as Superman. And I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I just don't like this, the way that they were written. <laughs> See, I was I was following you a little bit until you said you liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I He's okay. I He's loved, okay. I, don't I loved him. his Batman, but I did not like his Bruce Wayne. His Bruce Wayne was terrible. Yeah. But, but 
the scene in Batman vs. Superman where he infiltrates the warehouse to save Martha. That is amazing. That is a very Arkham that is a very Arkham style fight where he just uses all his gadgets and whatnot to take all those guys out. But I don't I don't want to hear um people to saying that Batman doesn't kill people because Bruce Wayne took out some guys in that whole thing. Dude, there's no way some of those guys lived through that. No way. There's no way. Batman doesn't kill people though. That's that's why Batman versus Superman sucked. Batman's not supposed to kill people. Yeah. I know, I know there are some comics where he did before the no-kill rule was established, but for nearly the entirety of Batman's history in in comic book and television and film mediums, the no-kill rule is extremely important. Well, I say in film, but the uh, original Batman films, starting with the Tim Burtons, as, as great as they were, completely ignored that. <laughs> but... Yeah, but it, it is. I, it, I think it's central to his character, and so it, it it's weird when when that rule is ignored. When I, I get it with other characters, like I could see like Superman killing. I'm actually okay with that. I don't feel like it's as central to Superman's character. In fact, to me, it's unrealistic. Superman's is, is like a god. There's no way he wouldn't kill people. Like, dude, he if could not literally an thump somebody. Yeah, he would literally thump somebody, and they'd go flying across. The- yeah. I'm okay with he, the head snap in, in, in Man of Steel. I'm not okay with Batman killing because that's just part of his character, right? Like, Batman doesn't kill because he can't be the same as the Joker. He can't be the same as the person that killed his parents. And we're going off on another tangent here, but... <laughs> that's okay, dude. That that's, that's the beauty of these things because it all relates back to our love of The Last of Us. But talking about Superman's head snap, I mean, he had no choice. Like, Zod was literally using his his powers to almost kill an entire family. And it was either uh, Clark takes him out, snaps his neck or that family dies. And I'm sure he made the choice in his head. One life for three. It's a classic trolley problem. Do you take one life to save three? Ah, uh, the trolley you, problem. You, you've yeah. been, you've been watching your good place. <laughs> oh man, dude, that show is brilliantly done. Oh my God. The trolley problem made me laugh so hard. And I, I will say Ted Danson, is a phenomenal He's good awesome. place architect. He's a great good place architect. And I will watch that movie for the rest of Jeremy Jeremy's to come. <laughs> movie. That show. Oh my gosh. But Ash, is it just me or are we in the good place? <laughs> I think we're in the bad place, bro. Have you seen 2020? <laughs> this is the bad place. Oh my forking God. Or what is it? Oh shirt my balls, mother, mother forking shirt. shirt balls. This is the bad place. <laughs> Jason? Jason figured it out? Yes, that's Oh, this is this is a real me. low point. This, this is, is a real low point. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you actually did you finish season four? I haven't yet. I haven't finished season four yet. I actually oh. just started rewatching season one again. But God, it's so good, man. I'm well, watching I... other things at the same time. I, I'm actually watching the Clone Wars now. I, since the Mandalorian is awesome and there's some backstory and, and I have a lot of faith in Dave Filoni. Now I, I've started watching the Clone Wars. That's what I've been watching. I've been rewatching BoJack Horseman. I've been rewatching Archer. Got a lot of shit going on. <laughs> Honestly, Archer, I hated Archer when I first started watching it. Um, and the only episode I watched when I decided that I didn't like it was the episode where he accidentally... He thinks that he accidentally poisons the hooker, and so he throws her in the back of the car. Oh my turns god, out she's alive! <laughs> yeah, but and then, dude, another. <laughs> and then I started watching it again. I that show is spectacular. I like. I love it. Go, I think he goes down to Miami, um, and he like goes undercover as a gay man. Yes, and, <laughs> and he tries so hard. <laughs> He's got that blonde hair and the lollipop and the roller skates. And so- Phrasing. Absolutely perfect. Well, um, yeah, we we did just kind of go off on a whole um, tangent there. Well, shout out to geometry. Shout out. Uh, I guess let's kind of get into our final thoughts then. All right. Yeah, I'm down. Um, for me, um, this game is a nine point eight out of ten. Okay. Damn near perfect. Um, there are some things that I thought would be really cool. 
Um, and honestly, it's kind of the same reason I give Spider-Man PS4 a 9.8 out of 10. And I'll explain. Um, the only thing I wanted to see different in Spider-Man PS4 was more finishers. I wanted to see more variety in the way you could take out criminals. Oh, I, I would here, hate having you as a teacher. You'd be that teacher that doesn't give 100 because there's no such thing as a perfect. <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, just no. kidding. I would I'm, definitely, I'm if, my kids, if my kids put in honest effort and um, all of it was correct, I'm not just going to be that guy, oh, you could have done so much better. No, no, I'm going to, if they deserve a perfect score, I'm going to give them a perfect score. But I truly believe that there's no such thing as a perfect game until the day where we can put on a headset and actually be in the video game ourselves. Like much like VR, except we use our whole body to control it instead of just wearing a headset and controlling it. But I wanted to see, I wanted there to be more interaction between Ellie and Abby and the infected. I wanted to have more creative ways to take them out instead of just your typical grab them from behind, shove them in the throat, or, you know, you have to shoot them. But the story, perfect. Absolutely perfect. There's mwah, just... Mm, like, insert insert mwah. the Pacha theme from Emperor's New Groove, right? Oh, yeah. Insert Salt Bay. Just, or, or, or Sully from Monsters, Inc. I think they, I think, I think both of those are basically the same meme. Yep. Graphics, absolutely perfect. I got to experience this game on the PlayStation 4 Pro. And shout out to Ash for allowing me to download the game and truly experience it in all its beauty. I wasn't confused playing this game, really. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the way it flowed, the way the characters interacted with each other, the way it constantly had me on the edge of my seat, and the way it got me attached to almost every character in a different way. There wasn't a single character that I truly didn't like that wasn't like a main focus at some part in the story. Like I loved Jesse. I loved Dina. I loved Abby, Lev, Yara. Joel, of course. Everybody loves Joel. Oh. Ellie. And Tommy, too. I, I loved Tommy up until the very, very end. And like Tommy was honestly one of my favorite characters. And honestly, playing as Abby, running with Lev, trying to avoid all of his shots, that's one of the most intense parts of the game. Yeah. Because I thought, I thought it was a Seraphite. That was just a really good shot. But then you realize that it's Tommy, and when he takes out Manny, that's just that whole sequence blew my mind. But I give this game a 9.8 out of 10. We'll definitely go through it again very, very soon. And um, honestly, Ash, I think we need to do a Let's Play on it. Yeah, I think that, that that's going to be in the works. So we need to do a Let's Play on the first game first. That's a, that's, yeah. a, that's a must. So I loved, absolutely love The Last of Us Part 2. I think it is a damn near flawless game. I really don't have a lot of criticism for it whatsoever. I can definitely tell that Naughty Dog used their time well in developing this game. I mean, it's been a long time since the first game came out. It was something like seven years or something, right? The first game came out in 2013, yeah. So, <laughs> Did the first game come out in 2013, or was that the remaster? Because it was a launch title with the PS4, right? It The first game came out in 2013, I'm pretty and then very shortly thereafter, just like how this game was released right at the end of the PS4's life cycle, uh, the last, the Last of Us Part Two or the Part One was. So yeah, you the think remaster, remaster, I played the remastered version on PS4. Yeah, same. I never played it for PS3. Do you think they'll remaster Part Two for the PS5? Oh, definitely. I was just about to say that. There's, there's almost certainly will. There's no way they won't. <laughs> like, Which why, it's an obvious, it's an obvious weeks. way for them to make a little bit of money. I mean, they're obviously going to capitalize on this success and and want to put this game on on the newer console with better visuals. Uh, I'm kind of oh, surprised yeah. they haven't. Well, no, I understand why they haven't announced it already because everybody's just bought this game, so they're probably going to wait a little bit before they do a remastered version on the PS5. They will certainly do it. If they're, they're probably already working on it. If they, if they're smart, what they could do is just release it as an upgrade. But I don't know if they'll actually do that. A lot because yeah. a, a lot of the in the a lot of the PS4 games that did come out at the launch of PS5 are, have upgrades, free or for yeah. like ten dollars. So I feel like I should let you know, Ash. Um, I'm getting my hands on a PS5 in about two weeks. What? No way, dude. Yeah, man. Um, my friend. Uh, this morning, I won't give his name on the podcast, just, you know, to protect him. Um, but uh, he's really good at securing stuff, and he flips them for profit, you know. Um, 
And this morning, he got a call from Walmart saying, hey, you're next up on the list, and we've got one in stock. So he went to go get it. And he sent a picture of it to me. He's like, dude, don't be mad at me, but look what I got. And he sent me a picture of a PlayStation 5, and I was like, are you kidding me? He was like, are you going to play it, or are you going to flip it? He's like, bro, you already know the answer to that. I was like, you're going to flip it, aren't you? He's like, yes. But don't be mad, because I've got another one coming in about two and a half weeks, and I want to sell that one to you for retail price. So I'm going to get a PS5. Nice! And I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. And I mean, I from what I've seen, everything I've seen, I haven't seen the console, I haven't touched the controller, I, everything will literally be brand spanking new for me. So I'm excited for that. I'm sorry, I did not mean to dig into your final thoughts, I just really wanted no, to tell you that good, on the podcast. I, I'm really <laughs> excited for you. Damn, I'm trying to get my hands on one, but I haven't... Just come out here and play it with me. Honestly, just I'm thinking out. about it, I'm like... Let me go hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know the first thing I'm going to get is Spider-Man for it. And Cold War. Even though Cold, Cold War. War is terrible. It's the game. For the record. It's the new Call of Duty. So that's what people are playing. It's poopy. So hopefully, hopefully they'll invest in their fan base and make it better. And, but anyway, back to final thoughts <laughs> on The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> Damn near flawless game. It's an amazing experience from start to finish. I was hooked. Just like the first game, I couldn't stop playing. I, I kept wanting to do more. Uh, the only thing stopping me being more impending games for the podcast that, that we're doing yes. that I have to set aside time. And, and that's the only thing that would hold me from playing this through all over again right away. And But I, I did start a new Game Plus profile. And at some point, you know, we'll we'll definitely do a... Excited about that. It gives us an excuse to, to get into it. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, this game is near perfect for me as well. I mean, if I had to give it a score, it would it would likely be similar to yours but i can't really find much to actually criticize about it i mean obviously we could always have more of certain things that's never gonna not be true or nudity just kidding <laughs> i said more nudity but I was more kidding. nudity ah. <laughs> i mean just kidding i'd be okay with seeing ellie nude i mean stop 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 you right <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah she, fantastic game start to finish. Absolutely recommend. Obviously not for the faint-hearted. It it is a triggering story. So come into it realizing that, but you will be blown away. You'll be sucked into this world. And I'm happy Absolutely. I had this experience. Yeah, man. I owe it to Ash for the experience and it was a really good time investing about 30 hours of my life into yeah. the story because it's a long game it's a very long game yeah i i definitely recommend this for anybody listening that if you haven't played it and you've listened to this whole episode i'm really sorry we kind of spoiled literally everything but there are a few minor things that we didn't get to talk about so these these episodes are meant to be spoilery i I want people who've played the games to listen and relate and also people that maybe they just don't care about spoilers and they want to hear about it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um Go into the game and enjoy it for yourself. Um, you have to play the first one, though. You, you, It's an absolute must. Yeah. If you've never played The Last of Us Part 1, do not even think about touching this game because you won't understand what's going on. It definitely builds off of the first one. Ex- extremely so. I, I like that the subtitle is Part 2. Kind of reminds yep. me of old school like 80s slasher films. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That, and Oh, one quick thing before we wrap it up. I really like the thing. I really like what they did with once you beat the game, you can change the layout of the game. You can change out how it's filtered. Like you could play it with a noir setting. You could play it in like yeah, I toyed like around with that riveting colors. You could play it in eight bit style. You could play it with eight bit audio, which is terrible. I don't recommend it. And you can play, <laughs> you can play it with like space audio, which that made me laugh because the whole game is just silent. That, <laughs> I love the little I love the little memes and the puns that they put into this game. It's very good. But yeah, that's that's my take on it, man. I really appreciate it. Um, glad we finally got the chance to dig into this game because it's been a long time coming. All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or feedback on your podcast platform of choice. Let us let your friends know about collateral gaming and stay tuned for upcoming episodes i am continually working on things like patreon let's plays and video versions of the podcast and other content so always always looking to do more and 
always looking for more collabs. So if you want to collab with us, definitely. If you want to guest host, reach out to me. You can find us on all social media channels. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have our podcast hosted on our RSS feed on podbean.com. And we are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, and Show Lover Radio. Pandora as well. We are looking forward to our anniversary special. We're going to be talking about drum roll. The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, followed by our holiday special on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I've been playing the hell out of, and it's awesome. We're going to also be releasing some of our bonus rounds. In the meantime, I believe we have a v- another video game recommendations episode in the works. And we are collabing with Collateral Cinema once more for another movie adaptation of a video game. And I'm going to be recording that tonight. So that should be out around the same time that this is out. And that's going to be on Mortal Kombat, the original 1995 movie. And in January, assuming that the 2021 movie is still coming out, we're going to be talking about that. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to that episode. I need to actually watch Mortal Kombat. I'm watching and it I right now. Come- I'm actually literally like before that before you hit me up and said, you know, like, hey, let's like, go ahead and record right now. I was in the middle of the movie and I'll finish. <laughs> I'll finish it up by the time like when we get off of here uh, and then I'll finish editing this shit and we'll get it out. <laughs> All right. Well, heck, yeah, man. Um, I need to get on that podcast with you guys at some point because I've been doing this for a little while and I love movies. So and speaking of movies, guess what I found on the PlayStation store for five dollars? Huh? The HD version of Spider-Man from 2001. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. It's amazing. It's just it's just as good. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's so good, man. Tobey Maguire is spectacular as Peter Parker. Not so much as Spider-Man. I wish he was more quippy. But, I wish he was more quippy. But it's okay, because it's stellar, and I wish that the uh, bodily produced webs were canon, but they're not, because that would be cool. It would make him seem more spider-like instead of but spiders you know, don't shoot webs out of their wrists. They shoot them out of their booty. <laughs> but that would be weird if Peter did that. Could you imagine if they like made it canon for Parker to like swing from his butt? Right, that's why he has wrist shooters. <laughs> this is true. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, I think that's a good place for us to end this podcast. Um, <laughs> Ash, do you have anything else that <laughs> you want to talk about? No, that's it, man. Well, that being <laughs> said, I'm Ashley Chancellor. <laughs> and I'm Zachary Gio. We are Collateral Gaming. We are out. Collateral Gaming is an L Company production. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.